welcome to another episode of DFV. I am Black Cinephile. I am AKA Brad. That is AKA Brad. And today we got a pretty good one today. Today, this is one um, I kind of had in the making uh, for a while. I've been thinking about how I was going to get Brad to watch this movie because the main guy in it is so against typecast for this type of movie that he that he did such a great job. <laughs> um, we got two, I guess what they call screen life films, uh, two films that are told entirely through uh, technology screens. So computer screens, uh, webcams, we have telephones webcam. or cell phones, Tele- smartwatches, all of it. All of it. It's told through all the FaceTimes, all the uh, GPSs and everything to tell a full story of um, uh, a mystery story. So we got a uh, searching that came out 2018 by Anish uh, Shaganti. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, produced by Tamar uh, Beckham Bitoff, who uh, directed Wanted. He also produced Missing, too. Like he He's like known as like the innovator of the screen life genre a little bit. Um starring John Cho and we got Missing which just came out with uh starring Storm Lee Storm Reed and Nia Long uh directed by Nick Johnson and Will Merrick. Uh yeah man I've been I've been I've been trying to get you to watch Search and I don't know if I ever recommended it to you before but I think it was on my uh you on my have, bucket list. But it's so one of the things with this kind of style of movie is I remember seeing the trailers for it and everything like that because it's very similar to a couple other ones like the horror movie about like unfriended yes unfriended yeah and it just it every time i would kind of look at these kind of movies i just go it doesn't that style just doesn't seem like it's something for me uh doesn't speak to you right so I did actually watch some of Unfriended because people were like, oh, you got to check it out. It's just such a strange way of doing a horror movie. And I was so bored by it that I couldn't even finish watching it because I thought about watching that. Well, everything in my IT brain was just red alarms throughout the entire movie. Oh, it's just going. Yeah, that's not how it works. No, that's not how. Oh, my God. They didn't even. Mm. <laughs> They're like, come on. Oh, come on. That's what I I love about these movies, though, because these characters make rational decisions where you Mm -hmm. have one character in one film that's older. He's a little new to technology. And you got another character in another film that's of this technology, that's of this technical world, this new world of technology. And they use innovative ways to find the answers of where their, um, you know, respective uh, relatives are. Right. And one thing I loved about these movies that needs to be said right off the bat for both of them is the amount of attention to detail to just everything when it comes to the websites, the old style UEs for like the different kind of computers that they're using, the smartphones they are using, everything like that. It is dead on accurate to a like shocking degree because no matter what they're using whether it's you know chrome or if they're on a mac or a windows pc they're using something on their phone no matter what the gui looks dead on accurate and it's shocking that it was all hand animated for all of these scenes they didn't do any like screen capture or anything like that where 
some other movies that have done very similar to this kind of style mostly relied on a screen capture where it was just live doing it on a computer. They happened to be like recording it happening and that's how they got it for this. They superimposed a video on top of animation for all of this to get that stylized look. So it looks just like windows XP. It looks like they're going through Google maps exactly how it would while also giving the clarity when it does like the zoom ins and everything that mm-hmm. it, nothing looks pixelated. Everything always looks beautiful. And it, it just Absolutely. needs to be said before we get into the movies, uh, right off the bat, I, I this style of movie still isn't for me, but I have high respect for the amount of effort that went into just going through the effort of making sure everything was, you know, accurate in an IT sense. It's not your type of movie, but you 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 admire the craft. It's like I, oh, absolutely. I, I the craft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say the same. Yeah. I, everything you pretty much said, the amount of detail that goes into it, uh, it's great, man. Like when I first heard of certain let's just let's just get right into it, folks. Yeah. Um we we we, we have to because uh these films are sequels. Uh chrono- chronological is the most logical response to do on this one. Yeah, it, it's, it's gotta be chronological. It just makes sense. Um, so first off, you mind if I take the reins? Oh, I'm go searching. for it. So first off, we got Searching 2018, starring uh, John Cho and co-starring Deborah Messing. So John Cho is a father, a father named David Kim. Uh, he lives with his um, 16-year-old daughter um, by the name of uh, Margot. Now, David is a widow, Um it's shown through this very emotional montage in the beginning through. So the film starts off with loading up an old Windows computer, right? Yep. And it shows how each of the uh, each each person of the family, the father, the mother and the daughter, all have their own little um, logins for Windows. I was like, oh, I remember that. Everybody has their own profiles. It's still like that today. But it's still you know, like every- that. But it was the stylized like Windows Millennium Edition XP days with the little bubble profiles. Yeah. And I, I love the way they tell this story. And this is how the film is the whole way through, except, you know, later on, we go into dialogue and stuff like that. But with just words and just images and, and videos, like you see each person logging into their own profile. When um when his when his wife logs into hers, you see her uh, Pamela. That was her name. You uh you see her get these emails saying something about oh you know check up to a doctor. Time goes by. Hey, we need to have a more serious conversation about what we found on you. They you highlight certain phrases lymphoma, certain Google searches. Mm-hmm. What is lymphoma? How to overcome cancer as a family, and I just love how it's such a roller coaster emotion of a montage because she beats it, she goes into remission, and then you see with some time gone past, the daughter grows up and everything. How to deal with how to deal with lymphoma that comes back as a Google search, and it's just like it's just an emotional montage, you know what I'm saying? And the the film starts where you know the mother has passed away, and um. David, you know, is taking care of his daughter, who's now 16 years old. And, uh, you know, it's emotional because I feel like um, I feel like um, the the mother's it was either it was either the, the mother's birthday or the day she passed the anniversary of one of those days that that passed and things are a little bit more emotional at the house. You know, David is trying. He's, he's really trying with his daughter, but he doesn't know how to connect with her without his his partner in crime, his wife being gone. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of disconnect there. Um, long story short, one day, uh, David, uh, you know, he's communicating through his uh, computer, like, you know, texting his uh, his daughter through his computer. And one day she doesn't respond back and he tries to go, well, where is she? Where, where's my daughter? So he finds out, um, oh, she was supposed to go on a camping trip with some friends. Long story short, we find out she didn't make it to the camping trip. Now she's officially missing. So in a nutshell, the whole film is about David uh, working with a detective, Detective Rosemary Vick, played by Deborah Messing, and trying to figure out where is his daughter, trying to find his daughter, trying to figure out if she's still alive, if she's dead, where is she? Hence the title, Searching. And all of this is told through, like I said, different technology. You know, you got the um, you got the webcam. You got a, I don't think FaceTime was in this one, but um, uh, no, was FaceTime it? was a part of it. It was. Yes, because you got to keep in mind, like he was using FaceTime when he went to the uh, lake and everything like that to talk with her. Uh, same with oh, when he was right, like calling right. his brother and uh, everything like that. So FaceTime was a right. part of it. Yeah. OK, so FaceTime was a part of it. Um, but yeah, different technology screens, you know, GPSs, um, uh, security footage, people taking uh, video at certain locations. Um, you got news alerts. You know, like uh, breaking news, such and such, you know, all of it's told through um, different forms of medium, which mm-hmm. I think is a kind of a love letter to cinema in itself. The new type of digital cinema. Um, yeah, man. So this was your first time seeing this. Yeah, this is the first time that uh, I sat down and actually watched this one, because, as I right. said before, it was just such a kind of different storytelling method that had no interest to me prior to mm-hmm. this. So sitting down and watching it, it just felt weird because it's kind of the same as when you go into found footage kind of films where Mm -hmm. if you don't like that style, it doesn't matter how good that film is going to be. You're just not going to enjoy that movie. I can't agree with that, man. When Cloverfield dropped, I was excited for Cloverfield. But do you like found footage movies like Blair Witch and... Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's done right, if it's done right, I liked it. I like I like Paranormal Activity. I like Blair Witch. Like I like I like it when it's done right. Right. That that's what it comes down to. In this format, it was kind of hard for me to look at and go. I, I think it can be done right, uh, especially for a mystery movie where everything that you're clued into, which. I think one thing that I was right where the movies kind of falter is the conversations have to be a little exposition-y at times, and they don't mm-hmm. feel like real conversations. Like, that's not how somebody would talk in that situation. But they have to because that's how they have to get the exposition out right. for this scene. And Absolutely, yeah. That's, but with that out of the way, uh, everything else on this movie is an absolute ride. When it comes to yes. the way that they present new information, how they're going through the investigation, even how it presents you with information and comes back to that information later in the movie. There were a couple scenes in the movie where I remember going, my IT brain flashing going, that's not how that works. And it turns out that was a clue to it being wrong in the movie later on. It was like, yeah. okay, it, it, you get an applause for that. You you made it. <laughs> The writing is so shrewd in this film. It's it's so well done, like how they craft this mystery together. And and just when you think you know 
it's it. We're going to talk about that with another film, too. But just like when you think you know what happened, mm-hmm. kind of like last to Sheila, like, oh, OK, so that's what happened. They throw another uh, curveball at you like, nope, this isn't the end. And they keep they keep going on. It's like, oh, wow, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, by the way, folks, spoiler alert. You know, this is DFV. It's what we do here. Uh, so we're going to go in depth with both of these films. But, um, dude, when I saw this film, I was mainly interested to see how John Cho would do. I'm like, that's my man from Harold and Kumar. He's in a serious movie. Like, you know, and he, dude, he blew it out the wet, out the water. Oh, he yeah. was terrific in this film. Like, he, he sold the role of a father that's, you know, uh, trying to, trying to, like, connect with his daughter since the loss of his wife and trying to just keep all the pieces together because he's a good dad. He's trying. It just, this is a thing that, you know, it takes time. It's new to him. He doesn't know how to process through this himself, so he doesn't know how to process this with his daughter. And it's relatable in that sense, that Mm -hmm. you would expect as he's going through the movie and stuff and he's trying to stay connected to his daughter, but he's losing touch with her mostly because he doesn't know how to process the emotions of his losing his wife in the process. So it's one thing that at the beginning, we kind of see their relationship a little bit with him, uh, going on about you got to take out the trash you keep forgetting this you gotta maybe we should just move the trash into your room so you won't forget it so much and wishing her luck at like piano lessons and on her exams that are going on and meanwhile she kind of is saying you know i'm staying with some friends and gonna be doing this all night and don't it's not people that you've met yet but don't worry kind of thing and right. as the movie goes on, we kind of learn that uh, he doesn't really know much about his daughter at all and what she's been going yes. through at all. And he's Yeah, he's learning. He's he's actually meeting his daughter in a way. Yes. Like, he's actually learning how his daughter is. Like, I love one bit of dialogue where he's talking with somebody and he's like, um, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, she would go over your house, right? He says, oh, well, yeah, you know, my mom would invite her over. Like, because my mom is friends with you and, you know, what happened with y'all. He says, yeah, but y'all, y'all friends, right? He says, yeah, we, we're cool. Yeah. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Does, does she have any friends? And that's when he learns that his, his daughter, like, you know, she's kind of a loner. You know what I'm saying? Like, even people she's, like, friends with in, friends with in class are friends with her because she's smart and she helps them, like, do their homework and pass their tests. You know what I mean? Right, like with the study group kind of thing where you know, you right. you guys hang out, right? No, we we invited her to study group, but you know, she left pretty early and you know. Mhm. Right, right. And I love that, man. I love that the film has that human emotion behind it that's um relatable and palpable. You know what I mean? It's not generic. It's like no, like this man has had too much time grieving over his wife to actually learn who his daughter is mm-hmm. and in the process of trying to find her he's he's learning about her at the same time like i think that's a great uh that's a great give and take there in the plot wise yeah and um, when it comes to this kind of storytelling it, it does a great job of kind of unearthing those kind of details and showing us how he's viewing this for the first time and how he's experiencing these kind of searches and finding her videos and looking up her friends. And, you know, I love when it goes back and forth between his like Excel sheet that he has going on for all of her friends and their alibi for where they were that night. And I thought that was smart. Right. 
and I loved how uh, he's even like calling them up and, you know, the one kid is like, well, I can't tell you where I was. What are you trying to hide? And then later it like pans back to the screen and it's Justin Bieber concert confirmed. I love that, <laughs> I love that so much, man. He says, dude, I don't have to tell you anything. I don't know. You're not a cop. Yeah. He says, where were you? He says, Justin Bieber concert. Yeah. Um, dude, I love that this. This was the first mainstream Hollywood thriller headlined by an Asian-American actor. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, like the first main, not the first thriller, but the first mainstream Hollywood thriller that was headlined by an uh, Asian-American uh, male lead. I didn't know that. And I, I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, man, it's a terrific film. The first time I saw it, it was such a great emotional ride because it was a surprise to me. I didn't know anything about the twist or anything like that. It's kind of the reason I haven't seen Gone Girl second time. It's just so great the first time. I I, I don't know why I'd see it again. Um, watching this a second time is still a great movie. I love the story behind it, but it's like when you when you know the twist, you notice certain things on the second watch. Like certain things clue you into the twist, and um, they have this one joke. Before we reveal what it what, what it is, they have this one joke in the film where um, the writer of the film, the, I, I think he's um, I think he's the co-writer or was he like the sole writer? Yeah, the co-writer of the film. Uh, when John Cho was going through his emails, if you pause the movie, you can see an email he sent them saying, hey, it, it, it's pretty obvious that the person who took your daughter is such and such from that app. And then it trails off because it doesn't say much good, good. Like it trails off what he's saying. But like the movie kind of almost gives it away if you if you zero in on one email that he receives. It doesn't surprise me because there's a lot of hidden details in this movie because I was reading up a mm -hmm. little bit on it. There's apparently an entire subplot about an alien invasion in the news articles and the videos and stuff like that that he watches for oh, wow. this movie and it also continues into missing as well where in like the subtext of some of the news articles around like the missing persons case and stuff it talks about uh electromagnetic fields and nasa is setting up a press conference and all this other stuff it, along <laughs> with like when he's going through the youtube videos or not youtube whatever the youtube-ish clone is that they're doing mm -hmm. and going through and watching like the classmate going oh she was my best friend and you know i miss her forever blah 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 right. and one of the videos is like real proof of alien uh you know invasion on this date kind of thing so oh, there's wow. a lot of hidden details in this movie and i gotta say that it, it's pretty cool some of the easter eggs that they threw in for that stuff, as well as like all the little minor details about everything else to get like chromium to load exactly how it would load and everything like predictive searches where you can kind of see the different things that come up in predictive search. I, those little details are great. One thing I love about this movie is it is and missing does this very well, but I like how in searching they comment on um, how society would react so you had the one girl in class that was never really her friend talking about, I'm just so emotional. I loved her so much. I always knew there was a dark cloud around her, and I wish I could have saved her. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, you got the one guy that's like, how do we know the father didn't do it? And everyone's commenting on the video like, the father is so guilty. 
I, oh, yeah. He didn't even laugh right in that one video when really he's just awkward about the situation. Like, you know, like he he, he was just awkward when he was put on camera because he, he kind of just wants to find his daughter. He didn't know how to talk to them. Like he didn't know how to talk to the camera. I, they also had the conspiracy theorist kind of podcaster guy, which I loved. Uh, I also love how he makes a reprisal in Missing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, overall, man. Um, so how did you feel about the twist? Uh, the twist actually kind of got me. And mm-hmm. it, honestly, if I had thought more like critically on like the couple of flare ups with her investigate with her supposed investigation, uh, I mostly push that to, OK, the movie's not that technical, so they wouldn't get that aspect right. They wouldn't get this aspect right, because some of the scenes like her getting the information from Venmo on where that account leads to Venmo would never give that information to an inspector. They would have to get a court order for it. They would have to go through everything like this. And throughout the movie, we get to see the emails of everything that he signs for this case and everything. And none of it was a court order. None of it was a police investigation order outside of a missing persons case. So she would have never been able to get that information. Same for finding out who this per this Hannah person was. There was not enough information to find out who this fish and chips person was outside of just the first name is Hannah and they had a picture and everything like that. So to go, Oh yeah, it's just, you know, I called her or no, we got uh, proof that she was in Pittsburgh during this event. And it, she had that immediately. It's like, okay. Oh, and my thought with it was, okay, movie. Uh, okay. It's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. And then That's later. That's how clever the writing is. Though. Right. <laughs> but, Go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, but that kind of stuff where it's like, it's so obvious. I got to believe on a second rewatch, I'd be like, yep, there's a clue. There's a clue. There's a clue. Here's the thing that that didn't get me on the first watch is when she's talking to him. And I love this. I love this exchange of dialogue. He's like so upset that like uh, she tells him the proposed story that his daughter probably like, you know, was scamming, like like taking some money and like, you know, run, running a scam or something mm-hmm. like that. And he said and she, she tells him a story about her son. She says, well, you know, once upon a time, my son went from door to door asking for money saying it was for something and using my name as a detective. And he get, he said, what did you, what did you do when you find out when you found out she went from, he, she says, well, I went from door to door and, and, and thanked everybody. And I'm, he kind of laughs about it because he, he takes it as she didn't want her son. She didn't want her son to, to look bad for what he did, mm-hmm. you know, but really on, on a reality, it's really a mother just doing everything to protect her son even protect even protecting the fact that he may have killed a little girl right yeah like that piece of dialogue is so important because it shows her character even when you go on her facebook they got like a little thing they're talking about uh, a mother's love is everything or something like that pointing to why she covered it up the way she did i was like dude this movie is so smart smoke so cleverly written Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of just kind of little details, especially in the context of people's profiles and the posts that they make. I loved how he went through the posts of people, you know, writing on her Facebook wall and found the one kid that was like, I know where she is. You know, I'm with her right now. And he literally tracked him down to a movie theater and ended up in a fight with the kid, sending him into the hospital. 
Uh, and, yeah. and I he love the, his jaw. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love the comments on the video that he's watching from like TMZ or whatever for that, where it's like, yeah. you know, if I was in his position, I'd do the same. You know, that kid deserved it. He was, you know, doing this and that. And it's like, that's exactly the comment section you would see on that kind of video. Right. You got some people like, uh, oh, man, uh, you could tell he's guilty. He's doing too much. Yeah. Like, you know, like you got you got the, the polarizing comment section of like, I do that or he's doing too much. Yeah, definitely. Um, dude, I love that twist, man. I love how it, it heads. I love how there's that that shot where they're at the church and they, they got it through the webcam where he, he confronts her at the church uh, with for the memorial service for mm-hmm. his daughter. And then the cops come in and you just see the camera on her. as She slowly looks to the side and then finally she looks ahead like. <laughs> she just has to get up and like, you know, I love and the music rises and then you cut straight to the interrogation room. And uh, dude, I, I love that. I love the whole setup of the news cameras looking at the car as they were searching for the body. And then they just turn around when he says like, uh, wait a minute, uh, she wasn't she she would be able to survive. It rained a few days ago. And then the music like pumps up and then the car turns around and goes to where the body would be. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was just terrific, dude. Oh, yeah. Also, the whole kind of side twist with the brother where he found like the text messages between his brother and his daughter and going through that and trying to figure thinking that his brother had done something. And right. it, it kind of like the text all in cyst kind of a relationship was going on between them of like oh my dad can never know about this oh if you yeah. your dad ever found out about this he you know literally murder me and i gotta talk to you tonight and can i see you tonight are you available and like all these kind of very vague texts that kind of lead to the idea of oh something was going on between them and i love that the twist on that ends up being that they were just smoking together while she vented everything about her life that she wasn't able to talk about with her dad but at the same time his brother didn't want to kind of impose as that father figure for her so he didn't want to get between her and her father so he kind of just wanted to be like secret thing where just we do this and then you, you gotta talk to your dad. You gotta get him involved. And she didn't want to kind of thing. And it adds just another layer to the complication of their relationship. It still is a little creepy for an uncle to give his niece weed. It, uh, it is a little I, bit creepy, but at the same time, <laughs> you get it. You yeah. know, he, he's a, he's an immature uncle. So you yeah. kind of gave him some grace. Like, all right, he's immature. Like, you know, but yeah. Mm hmm. But he's doing what he can, you know. He he doesn't know how to do much, so he's doing what he can. Right, he's doing everything. Anything works. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but overall, man, I thought this was a great movie. Um, you do catch on to some more things on the second re on the second rewatch. Uh, I gave this a straight four out of five. Yeah, I gotta say the same. It, this is a four out of five. It, it does have a couple hangups, uh, especially when it comes to like the dialogue. But the pacing is fantastic in this. You have the way that it presents information, the way that it has these twists that kind of keep you on the edge of your seat. It's done very well. I, I gotta say that this is it, it, it. I was already going into this movie with like little to no expectation. And so, of course, it blew all of that out of the water full heartedly. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, four out of five. There it is. All right, man. You ready to move on to our next film? Oh, I am ready to move on to our next film. I'll take the reins on this one. So next we have Missing. From the same story writers as uh, Searching, we have Seb Ohanian and Anish Shiganti returning to do the writing for this movie, but now directed by Nick Johnson and Will Merrick, who did the screenplay. Yeah, well, they... um... Oh, yeah, there you go. You said it right. Yeah, yes. Uh, Seb and Anish had the storyline, but Will and Nick wrote and directed the movie. I'm sorry. My bad. Yep. (laughs) Uh, This time starring Storm Reid as June. We have uh, Ken Leong as Kevin. And then we have uh, Nia Long playing the mother of June, Mm -hmm. who following kind of the same storyline as searching, but in reverse this time, uh, Kevin takes June's mother off on vacation, leaving June alone at home. And upon finding out that they do not return, she puts in a missing persons case with the police and starts an investigation to find out exactly what happened to Kevin and her mother during this vacation that they were on. So in order to do so, she ends up hiring a guy named Javi through a kind of uh, a delivery service app in order mm-hmm. to get him to help try and track down footage from a hotel that's going to be deleted when the police detectives and everybody that are involved are kind of dragging their feet on it. And he later ends up becoming her biggest resource throughout the entire movie and tracking this down is she discovers new information about Kevin, about her mother and about her past entirely in the process. So that is the bare bones for this movie. And much like searching, it takes an entire approach to presenting everything in the form of video webcams, FaceTime, and showing kind of just everything that somebody is looking up on Chrome, on Google Maps, going through different kind of avenues of messaging people to get more information. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing on this one that they added in is a inclusion of a smartwatch as well as a outdoor security camera that pings every time somebody is coming to the door. Mm. so yeah I, go on no 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 yeah I, of course the, the, the door the door now um i gotta say man off the top uh this is something i didn't say about searching um i would say searching is like searching is like finding nemo in a way mm-hmm. but without without dory well i guess the detective is dory if dory has something to do with nemo being right uh, <laughs> but i like missing I like how it switches perspectives, like I said in the beginning. Like, you, you had a father that was kind of inexperienced with technology. Now you have a daughter that's kind of of this this new technological world. But it doesn't make things easier for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she still has to find some hoops, jump some hoops, got to translate some Spanish, and and find out other innovative ways in order to find out where her mom is. Like, I love the way she goes through, like, trying to figure out passwords and stuff. Like, I love those whole sequences where it's like, okay, yeah, forgot password. 
All right, now you need the email for this. Okay, I got that email. I don't have the password for that email. Okay, now you need to go into this recovery email. Mm-hmm. All right, go into the recovery email. Like, you know, like, because that's how I would go in real life. It's a very, like, like arduous process. Like, I'm like, yeah, that, that covers all the check marks of how that would go. Because I, you know, I got the password to my old parents' email if I need to get into something. You know, I don't have the password to the new stuff. I don't live there no more. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I need to do that, I was like, oh, okay, I got that. Right. You know, some stuff you just don't forget. But with one thing, with the way that she gets Kevin's uh, password for his email, uh, I love how the detective goes, it, since you didn't have approved access to that account, nothing that you find through that we can bring to any court session or kind of bring into the investigation in an official mm-hmm. sense. It, it all can yeah. only be brought into a speculative kind of sense. But the way that she gets is literally by going to his website, going to the web host master, which the website looks like very janky, very, you know, badly done. And one of the uh, writers, I'm trying to, I think it was uh, a niche that was kind of doing an interview and said, that that was all done on purpose to make it look as janky as possible for that website. Because of course that is a website that would not hash the passwords. They wouldn't go through any security protocols and they just have them saved in plain text in order to get the password over to June. (laughs) Right. Right. Which as soon as that was happening, my first thought with, you know, everything was like, yep. Yeah. That seems like the kind of place that would literally be able to email your password back to you in plain text. (laughs) Instead of it being like secured in some way, for sure, yeah. I like how these characters, um, in a way, these characters serve as foils to um, the the father and daughter in searching. Mm-hmm. Like, I like how there's a there's in the beginning there's a um, supposed death of um, that lingers over the family, but you know the father. You know, there's there's a clip of um, the father, uh, you know, playing around with his daughter. And you know, um, Nia Long's character is messing around with the camera, trying to get the, ca- the ca- trying to get the camera from the daughter. And the mm-hmm. daughter is holding, like the father's holding the daughter, and then you see the father like bleed a little bit. So you're like, okay, it's a, it's another one where the where the uh, parent is um, deceased. So I like that there's something that hangs over this family, uh, but you only see it from the daughter's point of view, and mm-hmm. that explains the great twist at the end of this movie. And uh, I like I like how that is flipped because like these movies, what I love about them is like they they subvert your expectations, right? It, especially when it comes to the fact that uh, when we come to her getting more into the investigation, because at first it's okay they left their bags at the hotel, we gotta get the camera from there. Oh, so they went to this place and we got to get like the camera footage from over there. Uh, I I love how Javi is literally the best person ever for her to have contacted, (laughs) you know, because he goes, yeah, well, turns out like the uh, cleaning lady's uh, son goes to school with my son. And she's just like, Mm. Javi, I don't I don't care about your personal life. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting there. So, right. uh, turns out they went to a hardware, st- she was talking with them and they were heading to a hardware store over in this area and everything. And mm. she's like, oh, Javi, you're a genius. And he's like, well, yeah. D- so are you glad I told the story now or? <laughs> I love how Javi always puts her in check. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. He's fantastic. Dude. 
And then when she finds like the transaction number for the store that they're at, and he's literally going to every hardware store and he like calls her and goes, look, I've literally bought 15 packs of gum today, but I found the store that uh, sold uh, something to uh, your stepfather. And she goes, ew, no, he's not my stepfather, you know. But finding out, like, he bought a lock, and it just, every little detail just adds more questions to the movie, and it all comes in place, like, very well done with the lock ending up being for, like, a love bridge kind of thing, and Javi actually finds the lock. Uh, She goes and finds out that there's a tourist cam kind of watching that bridge, and she can see Javi and go back and find them and see them there and kind of everything that goes on. I love how the film manipulates, like it, it manipulates your emotions too. Like, oh, yeah. you know, how search, how searching it had like that, uh, that opening that showed the mother and how, you know, how she passed away due to cancer. This film has like a little, this, this film has a terrific montage, uh, midway through where, um, through her view in the app, um, you know, uh, Storm Reed's character finds out of how her mother met this guy. Met this guy that looks like, okay, this is just a guy, a little nerdy guy that's just dating my mom. And mm-hmm. how through the messaging, it looks like Kevin and Grace are actually falling for each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they have like a cute back and forth, you know, and, and it comes to the point where by this time, June knows that Kevin is a, is a con man. And at some point, uh, Grace says to Kevin, like, you know, there's a secret of my life that, you know, my 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 daughter doesn't know I haven't told her. And then, you know, Kevin's like, you know, well, I got a secret in my past too, that I haven't told you. And he, 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 um, he admits to her that, that he used to be a con man. It's like, Oh wow. Like they actually, the, the film makes you think like, Oh, they actually did fall in love. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, like that's, that's such a great moment. Oh yeah. Especially when she's going through like the videos that they're sending back mm-hmm. and forth to each other, kind of flirting with each other. And it's like, Oh, they're, right. they are a cute couple. Kevin's a good guy. I like Kevin. Cause right. of course at the beginning we're kind of presented to him as like, Oh, he's the evil guy that's now dating June's mom, you know, because right, everything's right, right. from June's perspective. And as it's coming together and everything, it's like, Oh, they're adorable. Uh, obviously that changes <laughs> as the movie right. progresses. But it kind of I love how it starts off with it being that they were both kidnapped and then it later is discovered that it wasn't actually Grace that was there at all. It was an actor that was paid to perform to be as Grace during their vacation. So everything moves over to Kevin is now the suspect of everything. And Yeah, I love how even when she's like detained and everything, she's just like, what is going on? I don't understand. I thought this was an acting gig. I didn't know what was going on. I love that, man. I love when she does the news interview and they're like, you thought this was an acting gig. There was no cameras. Yeah. Well, you know, you hear. I thought he was a visionary. I thought he was a visionary. And you can picture somebody giving that dumb excuse in reality. Like that had me cracking up. Like I thought he was a visionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In some of the like little detail, like the uh, finding out that you could do like the live photo kind of thing, where you can actually mm-hmm. see like the back and forth. I forgot that was a thing on iPhones that you could do. So when she was started doing that, I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. That's actually pretty brilliant. 
and a couple of the things did catch my eye when she was going through different parts of the of her profile with like bartender and part-time actress blah 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 oh she hasn't been to Mm -hmm. work in like two weeks and stuff like that like she hasn't been doing this and she's been completely offline it's like okay she's involved somehow but where does she become involved and originally my Mm -hmm. thought during the movie was she was going to be one of the people that was like in the van kidnapping or something like that like as a part of that play for under Kevin's right. name. And then when it reveals that she had nothing to do with it, really, except for Kevin using her for that. And yeah, every detail in this movie just brings up more questions. And I love how they come full circle around with it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I love how they come full circle, uh, too. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this one, this, I don't I don't know if it has a better pace than searching, but I feel like the bait and switch is stronger in this film than searching. Like the like twists the are a lot more, stronger. There you go. That's what I mean to say. Like like the curveballs thrown at you are greater than they are in searching. Mm-hmm. Because it comes to the point where near the end, I was like, okay, what the hell is going on? Like I I, I where is this all gonna end up? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is going on? And um I was gonna say I like how they got the uh I, I, I kind of don't know why it happened, but I guess all right, that's just convenient for plot. Like I, I still don't know why they shot him in Colombia. Like I, I still don't know what happened. I, I cause what I what I saw, the guy had his hands up, but did they just go, did the writers just go, all right, screw it, we need to kill off this character. Just have them shoot him. Like it I, didn't make sense. It looks like he kind of started to dive for something at the end of the video. So I don't know if he was like trying to make a run for it and they shot him. I don't know. Either way, it's it's plot convenience. <laughs> it's why he had yeah, to die. That's, what I said. that's the one point where I was like, all right, they, the writers were probably like, uh let's let's just have him kind of squirm a little bit. All right, that's you know. Right. Uh, which know. by that point you think that he's the villain of the story not that he isn't the villain mm-hmm. of the story but you think that it's completely him that's the villain of the story uh, I do love the kind of way that it presents itself to having Heather involved who is the best friend of Grace mm-hmm. and kind of the person that was watching over June while she was on vacation and everything and how she gets involved and being like, Oh, so she was actually in contact with Kevin. Oh, she knows something Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And the movie just does a great way of kind of slowly showing us that information and June's kind of expression to it and going, you know, back to find out more of like, what does she really know? Why was she in contact with Kevin? Dude, I Storm Reed, um, again, just like John Cho in searching, you, you need the right kind of person to carry this film. She mm-hmm. did so great with her like expressions and her reactions to everything. Like she freaked out how a daughter would trying to figure out where her mom is. Right, yeah. Especially yeah. as she's finding out like who she can and can't trust around here. Because yeah. as it movie progresses, she gets like a disheartening feeling about Heather. And then she kind of later reveals that, oh, Heather wasn't really a bad guy. She was just put in a bad situation while trying to protect Grace and June. Mm-hmm. But let's just get to the big twist at the end of this movie. 
uh, which sure, yeah. turns out that her father wasn't actually dead. So mm-hmm. in a twist that I don't think I, I didn't see it coming. Did you at all? Not at all. Not okay. at all. So in probably one of the best twists that I've seen in cinema in a long time, where we're introduced to the actual story of what happened with the fact that her father was very abusive. He was very, uh, you know, he was a drug addict and mm-hmm. he was actually sent to jail on drug possession charges that Grace had brought up to him with the police. So in order to get out of the situation, create a new identity, which is why her, she didn't have any family or anybody else that could help with June or anything like that. And there was always this mystery of like, she has a secret and the secret was yeah. she has a new identity to protect herself from her ex-husband and June's father. Dude, the greatest slam dunk in reveal in all of this was that we get back to the messages in the beginning. Because when the film starts, she starts receiving all these emails. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about this. Hey, I never knew. Hey, oh, yeah. uh, best of luck to you on your new move. Well, you think they're they're saying all this because her husband just died. No, they're saying all this because she has to go. She has to get a new identity. Yeah, she has to go into hiding. I said, oh, that is so smart. I love that. Yeah, the movie literally tells you at the beginning exactly what's happening. And I'm willing to bet if you freeze frame on some of those, that it even says, you know, I, I'm sorry that your b- husband was an abuser or some kind of like clue that, you know, he didn't actually right. die. Uh, I, I'm willing to bet there's even something in there about his prison sentence that, mm-hmm. you know, you could even pull up in some screenshot or something. But the best part of all of this is we reveal that he's alive and he was actually the taxi driver at the beginning of the movie that had Mm -hmm. originally helped kidnap grace and he had actually met kevin in prison which is how kevin got to know about grace and how they got 97 percent match because obviously he told kevin all the things to say in order to get that perfect rating on that app and get to know everything about her And that way, when they're even having the cute conversations and flirting back and forth with each other, she's like, oh, yeah, that's what I would say, too. Oh, the same. I I love that. That's some diabolical shit. (laughs) Oh, it's it's I oh, it's so bad, but it's so good at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Even the reveal that he had access to June's computer the entire time through a uh, rat is a great twist that you know, it's kind of even alluded to at the beginning when Kevin says, oh, how's your computer working since I fixed it? Is it, is it good? Is it going a little bit faster for you? And when that line of dialogue happened, because the entire movie is presented in this way, I was like, OK, he did something to our computer to monitor it. He did something to do something. And I would have never thought that he installed a rat onto it in order for his, her father to be able to view everything to be able to keep yeah. up with everything that's going on with her side of the investigation. You know what I love about this film from a, from a cinematic standpoint, when she meets her father before we know of the big twist that he was abusive and all that, mm-hmm. when he, when he, when he, when he comes in the house, it's very tense because he, he's, he's standing aside. They're, they're, they're standing close to each other and he's trying to explain everything to her. And storm Reed's character is like, I don't know what to make of all of this. Like, mm-hmm. The scene gets a little more tense 
But I love how a tense moment is shown on such a grainy webcam, like oh, yeah. such a zoom in on a grainy webcam. Like you don't imagine a moment like that being so tense through 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 a grainy lens. But the film pulls it off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I love that so much. And um, dude, I just I love the, the final showdown, the final battle. I thought that was just so well paced and well executed. Yeah, it's a very tense situation, too, because yeah. at this point, this movie could go anywhere because it could. It, this movie does such a great job of destroying any expectations you have. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan has to be watching this movie and just going, damn it, damn it, damn it. So, you know, <laughs> He's taking my, my thing. Day, back in the, back in my old days, I could pull something like that off. Right. People expect <laughs> that from me now. Right. Yeah. Where you like hear about knocking the cabin door and it's like, do I want to see that movie because I want to see that movie or am I just more interested to see what the twist is at the end? You know, right. <laughs> Do I just want to look at the Wikipedia page and skip to the end? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man, yeah, man. I love the final showdown. I love how the security cameras tie in to tell the story. Cause I thought the mom was for sure gone. Because mm-hmm. I when she got that shot, I was like, oh man, she she's done. And I love how the father, he's like typing and stuff while he's bleeding out, and then all of a sudden you see the cursor just keep moving. When he, when he falls dead oh, yeah. on the computer, I was like, dog, that is so great. Yeah, and then you have the security cam that kind of zooms out and kind of shows him laying on the laptop. But yeah. th- the one thing about this movie that I, I still can't think of, what was his goal overall? Like, he had Grace, and he was watching June's computer, but what was his end goal I think when you're abusive, um, I, I, I think I can't speak too much to this. There are abusive partners that are very cunning and, and what their end goal is or are very cunning to get what they want from the, from the partners that they torment. I don't think he really had an end goal. I think he was still on drugs and he probably didn't think that far ahead. Mm-hmm. He was like, let me just get to the point where I get my get my daughter back and my wife and we'll just I'll, I'll just try to think of it from there, because I think when you're on drugs, you're not thinking that clearly far beyond, you know, I, I, you know what I mean? I get what you're saying, but I don't think he had an end goal in sight, to be honest. Yeah. Cause it's one of those things that while you're watching this movie, when it's over and everything, it's kind of like, okay, so he had access to her computer the entire time. He mm-hmm. obviously found her and her mother at some point pretty recently because he sent Kevin in to finish everything and do everything. He was out of prison, so he could have gone there at any time. He knew who Heather was, so he already had dirt on her and for something or another. So he could have gotten this information so much faster and everything. What was the end goal with it? Like he could have pulled the trigger on this a lot sooner or was he trying to do something that he needed to go through all this hassle? There's there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. of like what was his motivation aside from I want to get my daughter back. Because he could have yeah. easily done that without pulling this whole rigmarole. Yeah, yeah. It's a very open-ended question. I mean, you could they say, well, if we think too hard about that and he just wanted his daughter back, there's no movie. Well, I think he wanted her back, too. I think he wanted his wife back, too, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and he's controlling and he wanted control. I just don't think he thought far enough, far ahead enough to know what he would do with that control. 
so to speak. Right, because the movie does take like a I don't want to say that it slams on its brakes, but during the investigation, when she's going to go over to her friend's house, the police leave her house from protecting her. And that's when her dad shows up from then on. I feel like the movie kind of goes, okay, we know what the twist is. We know what to do with the twist, but we don't exactly know what to do from here. (laughs) Right, right. This leads to straight confrontation. I mean, I didn't mind it. I was like, man, you, you wild me this far. I don't care where it ends. Like, like just, just, mm-hmm. just end it on a good note, uh, which they did. They ended it on a happy note, and I love how mm-hmm. the film begins where it ends um, with the same show, the the the, the uh, docu the the Netflix series, oh, the it, the Netflix docu series show they were watching called Unfiction. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I love how when the film starts off, I'm like. Wow, this film is starting off like an actual movie. This isn't all told through computer screens. So I was like, no, they got to be watching the show. And then I, and then that's when I saw, okay, she's watching the show. And I like how the movie ends on that note too. Like when the police show up and they show it through like um, like like, like, like a like, regular like a TV drama. show kind of thing. Yeah, like a dramatization. Um, I love that man and and how she's watching that on her computer. I thought that was great. Oh yeah. Uh, it also needs to be said, like kind of going back a little bit when she's going through the investigation and people's reactions to everything where it's like, oh, right. clearly, you know, they ran off together or clearly yeah. she was just trying to get away from being a mother. Uh, you have the people that like the conspiracy theorists going in the on streamers. Thinking, yeah, <laughs> you got all the streamers talking about it. Like, I love it. I love how the film is such of its time. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, because that's exactly there's a couple different instances of that going on with uh, TikTok right now where missing persons cases and people have to throw their opinion, be like, oh, it's right. very clear that this is what's going on and stuff like that. I believe there's actually a lawsuit going on with one of those cases, too, with the family suing the person that was putting out that fake information. Right. You don't find that suspicious. Yeah, you don't find, you that, don't suspicious. find that suspicious. I, I, I just solved a, a murder that. Five detectives are working on it and, and solving by the minute by uh, using common sense. Yeah, hey, it, it's clear that the brother killed him. You know, it's it's so obvious. How can nobody else see this? Dude, that's why. I, listen, I actually do like some of these true crime podcasters, but some of them, I'd be like, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. I know you've done some studies. You're not in the field. Like, just just mm-hmm. report what happened. And, and lead the entertainment to that. Like you, they start to go in and say, well, I think it's the father. Uh, there's this moment that happened when the uh, alleged victim was five years old and the father has said something slick to her. And I said, ah, yeah, maybe she, maybe she ca- carried that with her whole, whole, I'm like, how would you know what, what, <laughs> what person carried with them their whole life? Like just, just keep it to being objective. Right. Yeah. You know? it, it pretty much almost comes down to did, did you kill your brother and that's how you would have done it? Like, what are, <laughs> where are <laughs> they, you getting they, they this do, from? They do too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I love just the great send up of true crime shows at, at uh, in, in, where it begins and where it ends. Oh yeah. Uh, overall, man, I think this is a very well done, well executed thriller. Um, it has a bit more, uh, it has a bit more great twist than searching. But uh, I kind of got it at the same place, man. I got it at a strong four out of five. This one, yeah, it's it's a very strong four out of five for me as well. But when we're going for the double feature, I think Missing definitely ramps up the story and everything from Searching to 
it's going in the right direction. If they continue this trend and everything like that, uh, I, I could see the next one. I'll definitely check it out when it releases and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I could see it possibly hitting that 4.5 because while yeah. searching was kind of briskly walking up to that 4.0, uh, missing basically took a flagpole, stabbed it right through, was like, no, no, this is where I am. <laughs> it, 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 it's right there. It's mm-hmm. like right there at the four. Right. Um, yeah, man. But I think if we if we had to edge it, I think missing would be the winner if we had to if we had to edge it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I I can't wait until this comes out on like digital or like Blu-ray, DVD, all that to see where people can mm-hmm. pick apart the little Easter eggs and everything, because apparently the alien subplot from searching continues on and missing. Uh, I didn't catch that, yeah. any of them. But uh, some people were posting about them online and going, oh, there was this scene in this. And it's like, God, I, I was too busy focusing on the thing you were supposed to be focusing on to notice the little video in the corner about the alien invasion kind of stuff. It can, it can be dissected on many rewatches. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this film is kind of a it, it kind of serves as an epilogue to another film that um, Anish Shaganti directed uh, and, and co-wrote with uh, Sev. Uh, Onian called Run. It's like a it's a film that's um that uh, premiered on uh, on Hulu uh, with um, uh, Sarah Paulson, which I hear is a good movie. I'll probably watch it tonight. But uh, mm-hmm. apparently, this film, uh, whether it's like through a news report or something, serves as an epilogue for what happened at the end of Run. Oh, like, okay. And, uh, yeah, like, like it's all connected. I like how they got that little you know universe. Like Kevin Smith has his uh, a skew a verse. Uh, a skew, a view, a skew universe. Yeah, like I, I like that they're creating their own universe. I think I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah, and it's for this kind of movie. It definitely surprises me in both regards for searching and missing how well done it was, because I, I want to see other movies take this format and run with mm-hmm. it in a positive way. But so far from what I've like seen and heard of other movies that I've tried, these are the only two that have managed to nail that kind of aesthetic. Mm. I can believe it. I can believe it. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, all right. Uh, quick little after show. Is there anything else you've seen uh, recently? Uh, recently, not really. Just kind of been watching a couple TV shows and catching up on that, but nothing too big. Okay. I know there are some films I'm excited to see, man. I feel like uh, I'm putting my AMC A-list uh, uh, subscription in full charge. There's like three films at the movies I want to see right now. Skin of Marik, which is an independent horror film that um, did some good rounds at film festivals, but was taking a minute to find uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was pirated. And because of the, the hype around it being pirated, everyone's like, dude, this is such a good movie. I kind of want to see this in theaters. I think um, you know now. Now, now the film has the IFC distribution. It's in theaters now. I want to check that out. It's a it's a film that I feel like the filmmaker made in his own his own house using his own living room. Mm-hmm. Um, grainy cinematography, but they say it's a really well done like original horror film. So I want to check that out. Uh, the Son with Hugh Jackman, which is kind of a sequel to The Father. You remember The Father we talked about with Anthony oh, yeah. Hopkins. Yeah, it's a sequel to that movie, but I guess it deals with the son played by Hugh Jackman. Um, 
I heard that's a good movie. I heard he's pretty good in the movie. I, I don't know if it's as good as The Father, but they say he's pretty good. I want to see that. And the third movie is like a, a horror movie coming out called Infinity Pool with uh, Mia Goth and uh, Alexander Skarsgård, which uh, looks pretty dark, but it looks like it's kind of up my alley a little bit with the science fiction part of it. Yeah, there, there's a couple movies that I need to get out and check, like The Whale, Talking Women. There, there's mm-hmm. the ones that I definitely need to see. It's just I haven't found the time to <laughs> get out and see them. Yeah, it's women talking. Uh, a funny thing I heard from a, a cinephile friend of mine on, on Twitter, she says, um, if I go see this women talking and there's one guy speaking, I'm going <laughs> to sue. I'm going to sue the producers because that's false advertising. <laughs> I'm like, well, I hate to break it to you. Ben Winshaw's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's not just sitting there. He has a few lines of dialogue. Right. I mean? uh, oh, yeah. Do do see women talking, though, man. It's a great movie. We oh, I plan to. Save to. that for a future, save that for a future episode, because I, I really want to know your thoughts on that. But uh, Cocaine Bear's coming out, which looks hilarious. I am so hyped for that one. I am stupidly excited for that one in the same way that I would get excited for something like Velocipaster. <laughs> yes, yes, I understand. I understand. Yeah, it looks funny. Oh, this is what I saw. I saw the House Party remake. How was that uh, one? So the House Party remake... Uh, you know, I, the reason I, the only reason I went to see it is because it's co-written by uh, Stephen Glover and Jamari Olari, who are writers on uh, Donald Glover's Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like they were the only reason that I went to see the movie. Um, it's a it's a solid stupid movie. Like okay. it got some it got some solid laughs out of me. I don't think it's worth going to the theaters to see, but I think if you catch it on streaming, you know, what I'm saying right before it hits Tubi, you want to check it out. <laughs> It's funny. I, I I don't. It's not as legendary as the original with Kid and Play, but it, it it gave me some solid laughs. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, it takes it takes a while for the laughs to get going. I, I say when they start throwing the party, that's where the real fun starts, and the cameos come out. But like it's it's a, it's a, it's a nice dumb movie. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, outside of that, you know, I haven't seen much. But uh, all right, man. I think I think that about covers it. Yeah, I think that you know, wraps it up for this episode. Yeah, folks, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Give us your thoughts on this. Let us know what you thought about these two. Let us know if you think Missing edges out. Let us know if you think Searching edges out. You know, if you would give different ratings. Uh, let us know your feedback, you know. Uh, always remember to love movies, watch movies, um, and uh, don't forget to talk about movies. Uh, it's been another great episode of DFV, and uh, take care.